Hello and welcome to VIP Boxing's podcast, uh, Bell to Bell. We're on episode 91. As always, I'm asking you to leave us a review on YouTube, iTunes, whatever. That helps a lot. Gets pushed up a bit and some good numbers lately, especially on the clips we put on on Twitter. So thank you, everyone who's watching them and listening, watching, whatever you're doing to be part of Bell to Bell. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans, his famous posters and his scooter, <laughs> scooter helmet in the background there. You OK, John? I'm not bad. Not a scooter. Hey, as a matter of fact, I'm doing my bike license at the minute. Well, that's uh, that's an American football. All right, American foot. I did know that, but I always take the Mickey out of it. You need Barry Jones, the person gets very upset when you insult the NFL. No, it's basketball. Very upset. Anyway, this week's special guest. He's one of Britain's top trainers. Uh, amazing we call him the top trainer now because secondly, we're mentioning what he did as a boxer. It's the former British Commonwealth and European champion, Jamie Moore. Thanks for coming on, Jamie. No worries, boys. You okay. Yeah, good, mate. Is it nice yeah, when people good. call you a top trainer before your titles as a boxer? Or does it oh, tell man, you you're weird. getting old? It's weird. I don't, I, well, exactly. It's, it's probably it's bittersweet because it's a compliment and a kick in the box at the same time. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I know we're going to talk about John wants to one of your fighters, particularly later on. But um, a big week next week for the gym. You're all off to uh, Abu Dhabi, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So... Chantel's um, boxing Jessica Magasco for the undisputed uh, super lightweight titles. Um, so it's doesn't don't get much bigger than that. And I've got we've got Akib Fias on the undercard as well. So uh, yeah, big uh, few, few of us from the team are going out there. Jack Catterall's coming out. So um, so yeah, should be good. Are you taking Nigel out there? Yeah, unfortunately Nigel's got to come. We've um, we've we've got um, we've got it passed by the authorities over there that he's allowed to enter the country. So we're all right. You have a sweet state, Jamie, about who gets the plane ticket next to him. Um, mate, I just point blank refused. You know, yeah, yeah. So Mikey's coming over, my son, and um, and they offered they offered me like an upgrade to go um, in like a higher class. And I said, listen, I'd rather just send Nitri there, and uh, and I'll stay down with my son to keep us separate. I pray for everyone in business class and I hope he's, I think he'll have to be on best behaviour in Abu Dhabi. He can't be running down, pulling down some shakes pants if he wants to get home. You've never, you've never, you can't have Nigel Travis and best behaviour in the same sentence. It just doesn't happen. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. All right, then, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll kick on. You know how this works, Jamie. Three minutes on every subject. Yep. Uh, John's going to start us off with a fight he went to at the weekend. Are you ready, John? Yeah, yeah, ready when you are. Brilliant fight, brilliant fight. Mikey Gomez and um, Brian Phillips. One of these uh, area title fights that we love, and Jamie loves the, he's the king of domestic fights, isn't he? The king of the classic domestic fights. But I tell you what, this one was right up there. And Gomez, you know, in fact, I'll start a little bit earlier. In the night, you know, you know when you've got a good fight coming, when the people in the dressing rooms, everyone's picking somebody else. And the people who've got fighters on earlier in the show, they're saying, oh, we're hanging around to watch this. It's going to be a good one. And it, like, picked up all night. People were really looking forward to it. Um, and it lived up to it. God almighty. But Gomez is a wild card, isn't he? You know, he's been around for years and years. He's got that famous name. He's been around the gyms, been around the trainers, been on probably every little promoter's small shows. And he finally looks like he's found his style. He's found that he really wants to do it. He's, he's dedicated. He's fit. And I tell you what, yeah. to come through that, that was a real gut check he went through on Saturday night. 
you would imagine an title fight would be a, yeah. on a bigger show. And I just wonder if Gomez is ready for a little bit of a takeoff now. Have you been around him, Jamie? Have, what stories have you heard of Mike Gomez Jr.? So I've seen Mikey Gomez over the years. I haven't actually been around him. We've never been down to the gym sparring and stuff. Um, but and, and but obviously I've seen videos of him. I know, I know how he fights and I knew he was so chip off the old block in terms of his dad. Um, and Brian Phillips as well. We've we've had him down the gym quite often. He's been down. He was sparring uh, Frampton years ago when he, when he, when Frampton first came to our gym. So um, Akib Fiaz has done a lot of sparring with him recently as well. So I knew he was going to be a real ding dong. You know, blends of styles. I think those two guys are, are a typical example of if you it, depending on what your style is as a fighter. You know, if you're the type of kid who likes to come forward and apply pressure, they're an absolute nightmare. You know you're going to be in for a hell of a night's hard work. If you're a slickster and you're a boxer from the outside, it's it's a sort of 50-50. You'll either um, stay away from them and keep it long and outbox them, or they'll run, they'll run you over depending on what sort of pace they can set. Yeah. So um, so I just knew it was going to be a great blend of styles. And it, you know, I've not seen it yet, but apparently it lived up to all the expectations, yeah? Now, I haven't seen the fight. I mean, the, I mean, the footage is on the internet now on British Boxing News, I think, have got it up. You know what? Yeah, the good yeah. thing about it, he had seven fights, I think, in his first three years. But in the last four years, I, the penny seems to have dropped with him. Yeah. You know, he'd been it started yeah. off at Frank Warren, different promoters, been with Dennis Hobson. I think Kevin Marie seems to be settled with Kevin Marie as a manager. Now, yeah, I, should yeah. think, I think the, the English champions, Liam Dillon, um, now, whatever reason to give that up, he's just won a final eliminator. If that's the case, you'll have to fight Levi Giles. The only thing that's worried me when I've seen Michael lately, like the old man, is he, you talk about chip off the old blockers, his temperament. Uh, I saw yeah. him, he, he had him boxing on a fight zone show in Bolton a few months ago against um, an Argentinian who um, Campbell Hatton had beaten. Like, the name escapes me. And it was a tough fight for my, you know, the, the, the Argentinian was rough and tough. And at the final bell, he was really still annoyed with the Argentinian, you know, I was pushing him away, didn't want to know him. And they started kicking his own gum shield into the crowd. And I'm wondering if, you know, I still oh, worry yeah. about his temperament, you know, if things do start going wrong. But we had that. Yeah. Round two, Jamie, over to you. Rules Ooh, and regulations. No after the bells here, boys. Eh? No after not, the bells. not with this fella. <laughs> well, I'm worried about his temperament. Away you go. Jamie, rules and regulations. Yeah, so my um, my topic I wanted to talk about it really annoys me this boys. So, and, and, and I'm, I believe boxing is probably one of the only sports in the world where this happens. So, in a big title fight, so so I'll go to the rules meeting in Abu Dhabi with all the governing bodies. Yeah, so you can imagine I've been involved in boxing thirty years. I should know without even thinking about it. If someone asks me a question about the rules, you know. You know what happens if there's three knockdowns, or you know if you punch if if you get knocked down and the bell goes during that round. Each governing body has a different rule for that. So 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 every single time one of my fighters weighs in, who's in, involved in a world title fight, I've got to go to a rule or, or any type type of title fight, an international fight. You have to go to a rules meeting and they explain to you what which rules it is for that fight. It's insane. Why is there not? a universal set of rules for professional boxing and everybody sticks to the same rules. It's like, you know, God forgive me for using some common sense, but why don't they all save themselves at 
45 minutes to an hour for every time they're at a boxing show to have to sit down painstakingly and go through the rules. It's insane. And, and I couldn't agree more. You, you bang on. But one quick, I can ask you a question. Next week, when you go to the rules meeting in Abu Dhabi for Chantel's fights, I think there's five titles on the line, isn't there? What happens there? Four, four governing bodies and a ring magazine belt as well. Yeah. Ring magazine to five. So four, so the four governing bodies. What happens there? I think that the IBF still have the, you know, they used to have that three knockdown rule and stuff like that. You know, what happens there? Independently. Yeah, the, independently, each have a representative and they'll go through their individual meetings. So this is why I'm having anxiety about this frigging meeting because they always last about half an hour to 45 minutes. God knows how long this one's going to last for the... Um, for undisputed title fight, I didn't go to the one for when Jack Catterall boxed um, Josh Saylor. I sent Nigel for that one, <laughs> so um, and then and now you can understand why. Honestly, it drives me insane. What? What? Just before the time goes, Jamie, what's the weight then? Because the IBF have got the the second day weighing rule, haven't they? Do you have to yeah. live up to that? Is is as that far as I'm aware? And then here we go. This this is what I mean. So I'm I'm not 100 on it, but I think as far as I'm aware, the WBC overrules the other ones in terms of the of the weight of the weight the next day so if the IBF and the WBC are on this on on the line the next day 10 pound rule is squashed they come to an agreement where they say they don't have to do that it's mental there should be a, a universal set of rules which everyone agrees to and everyone knows so that there's no discrepancies when when something happens so if my fighter gets knocked down and the bell goes, I could, you know, hypothetically go, stay there, because it doesn't matter, because you can't lose the fight, because the, the final bell's gone. Yeah, if it's a different governing body, you can lose the fight. Madness. Madness. Did the bell go then? Yeah, the bell's just gone, yeah. <laughs> you got your point across very well there. But round three for me, a uh, guy I think we've praised on here before, Kiko Martinez. It's just, when does the end come for this guy? You know, I was looking at today's Jordan Gill. He challenges this week, European featherweight. Um, he's been boxing at the highest level for 15, more than 15 years ago. He beat Bernard Dunn. Uh, one round blast yeah. out. In, you know, Josh Warrington twice, Carl Frampton twice, Kid Galahad, yeah. Gary Russell Jr., Leo Santa Cruz, Scott Quigg, and what a win that looks on paper for Scott Quigg. Rendell yeah. Monroe, yeah. you know, then Bernard John. Now, Jordan Gill, it was 16 and a half years ago, he won his first European title at Super Bantamweight. All this time on, he's fighting for a European title, just four, four, four pounds heavier. Now, um, I know someone who's very close to him in Spain, he trains in Elche, and all he does is live in the gym. I mean, as they as they He's like a throwback to the fifties. You know, there could be. He's must yeah. be the last of his kind left in the world. Steve, just, you've just answered the question. You've you've basically just answered the question in your, in what you just said there. He lives in the gym, so yeah. you've got too many fighters nowadays coming coming to the gym for training camps just to get ready for the fight. So, just as an example, the reason why Jack Catterall could perform the way he did against Josh Taylor, even though he was out of the ring for sixteen months was because he does what he does his job. He's in the gym training like a professional fighter should be. There's too many people, too many fighters out there who go on the missing list for two months, two months, three months after the fight, go go on the party and you know go and enjoy themselves and then get a date for the fight and then turn back in the gym. 
you, you can't get ready in 12 weeks when you've not been taking over in between. In fact, 12 weeks is too long when you're a professional athlete and, you, and you're training all the time. If you're ready in the gym all the time and your weight's at a decent level, you only need six to eight weeks. You don't need 12 weeks. You need a full 12 weeks when you're coming in out, out of shape and out of when your timing's out and stuff. Sorry, John, you never got oh, in don't there, worry John. About it. But, but, we you, spoke Keiko alone, haven't we? but you're gonna get in here, John. Is so your super featherweight surprise package. Yeah, one of my um one of my favorite well, two of my favorite people, in fact, in boxing, the people I like, Akib Fiaz Jamie and his brother Assam. Two yeah. great people. Um really, really beautiful people. Fighter, Akib. Beautiful really people. And he, he burst on the scene a little bit, didn't he? He was really good on them VIP shows. I still love that win over Ben Fields. When he was up in weight on a day's notice. Yeah. And then through the problems he had with his mum dying in COVID and stuff, his, his stars just dimmed a little bit. Yeah. Well, through the, the super featherweight rankings, Akib was watching Mikey Gomez very closely on Saturday night. Um, there's some real top elite guys. We've got Zelfa, we've got Dil Magani, you've got Cordina, they're at the top. But in that middle yeah. group, you've got people like the Paranagana, you've got Amin Jahanzeb, you've got Gomez, you've got Akib. And I just wonder yeah. if now his problems are behind him, he seems settled, his weight looks yeah. really good, he's getting back on the big shows. I just yeah. wonder if we're going to see his, his full potential and if, if Akib Fias could be the dark horse in this super featherweight division. Absolutely. I don't even think he's a dark horse, to be honest, John. I think you're right. He, he had to take his foot off the gas and just do what he had to do, um, obviously because of what happened with his mum and stuff, um, which was a horrendous time for the family, you can imagine. Yeah. So he's had to come through that. He's had to do the right thing and, and, and go away from it a little bit, get himself in the right place first. We, we got him on a Steve Wood show just to ease himself back in. Then he's boxed on, on Eddie's show in Sheffield and, um, and he had a good win. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's not like um, he, he was out of the gym and stuff. The same thing, you know, even though he, he was out of the ring, he wasn't out of the gym. He was always in the gym. Um, just had to sort of take a bit of time to himself to, to regroup and, and sort of let himself heal up a little bit. But listen, I love them people. Them, Akib and Assam, the whole family, I love them to bits. They like my family. And, uh, you know, we, he's been with us four years now. I really believe he can break through this year. Early, early next year, I'd expect to see him in, in a 10-round title fight of some sort. And we've matched him in a way where we, we've made sure he's learned lessons along the way. He's not been just through him with any old journeyman so he can bash him up because but like he's got no stoppages. He could have easily had four or five stoppages if we'd have put him in with your typical journeyman. But we've made sure he's got lessons along the way. And when he steps up now into these um, more difficult fights against some of the prospects like that, he'll be more than ready to, to take that step up. And, and, and as you, know, you mentioned the weight there, that was a bit of an issue. He wasn't doing it quite right. We've got a proper nutritionist on board now who's helping him. And honestly, this is by far the best camp he's had. So I really expect him to shine this time. I tell you, I'm smiling there, Jamie. Um, it was when he fought the journeyman you found in the little Nicaraguan, who was about five foot four. He boxed uh, on Steve's show at Salford. And he's yeah, actually yeah. about three foot tall the way he boxes, isn't he? I can't, the guy's no. name escapes me, but he's here every week. I shouldn't remember it. And that night, and also... I'm not, I can't remember, but I felt for him that he's first fight in ages and you've dug that guy out for him. <laughs> I thought you're doing more he's doing him no favour straight away. No, he's been he good. He, never he, had stop the, him. he had the fight with Fields and he had that little war in Oldham Sports Centre where all his mates packed it out and he fought like an idiot. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been really good to watch, but I, 
I, I, I he's exciting. Sam's the top lad, so I just I want to see him do well. Yeah, exactly. That Nicaraguan was tough as old boots, yeah. and he hit him with about seventy-six uppercuts in the whole fight, and he still couldn't get him out. Is of it there. that poor guy's every week? Right, the bell went there. Oh, we overplayed. John's gonna get angry now. Round five over to you, Johnny. Um, sorry, Jamie it is this time. The women fighting three-minute rounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate. So, so I've, as we've seen the other weekend, women's boxing's flying at the moment. And, you know, we, we, we're getting to the point now where we're talking about a fight, what happened at the weekend. It generally doesn't matter now, whether, whether it's a man or a woman. You can just talk about it being a great fight and then just mention who is involved in it. Um, the only thing I feel what's holding it back from becoming a level playing field in terms of men's fighting is, well, first of all, because it's sort of still evolving, the depth of quality isn't quite there yet, but it will attract more people, I believe, when you get shows like we had the other weekend and when it becomes a level playing field with the lads. And that can only happen when they're doing three-minute rounds because... You're always going to get the argument then is, you know, we can't pay the women that much because they're not doing the same amount of rounds or the same length of rounds as, uh, as the men. And, and I don't see why not. I really don't get it. Um, no, we, we've actually asked a couple of times for Chantel since, uh, since she's been world champion about doing 12 frees. We've always been knocked back. Um, so we're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep knocking on the door because I think it's, it's vitally important if we're going to get to the stage where... It's not even a question about women's boxing and men's boxing. It's just a level playing field outright. We have to. It has to be everyone's on the same page. And, and in that sense, it's got to be three-minute rounds. Yeah, I've interviewed quite a lot of female boxers, on not on this particular, but I've always asked this question. And they have been pretty mixed. But surely the way to do it is how a lot of boxing was, and I'm sorry to harp back to the 80s and stuff. You'd go to a small hall show in the 80s, um, obviously exclusively men boxing, you would get three or four two-minute rounders on it and the better fighters fighting three-minute rounds. Now, surely that's the way to go with women. Instead of more exclusively fighting three-minute rounds like we have with, the, you know, the, the, the men now, well, you know, I let, thought about this put too, some at two and, and some at three, the elite. You, you graduate yeah, so, to that. So, exactly. So, so as it's still evolving, I, I don't think it'd be fair to throw everyone in, but certainly from title level up you've got to be talking three minute rounds and that means that any 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 woman who is coming through who is deemed to be a good prospect who's progressing but by the time they get to doing you know if they're doing two minute rounds they're doing eight twos the next step should be right okay six threes you know and 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 then you and then anybody who's a world champion if if you're not capable of doing 12 threes in my eyes, that's the whole point of being able to be a professional world champion. You've got to be able to do it. So if a, if a, if a woman is in a, in a situation where she goes, I can't do 12 threes, well, you know, without being disrespectful, you shouldn't be in, involved in the conversation about being a world champion. You should you have to go back, learn your shit. Because I believe it's all about, you know, tactics, learning how to navigate it, and all those little ingredients, you know, your conditioning and stuff like that, are all part of being a world champion. You know? It's not just about who, who punches harder, um, you know, or who can fight, who's the fittest, or, you know, who can do 10 twos at the highest pace. It, there's, there's more of a skill ethic to being able to do 12 threes. Yeah. Two things, Jamie. MMA, it's not a problem. They do five fives for the championship fights. Yeah. They do three fives. Yeah. That's 
hard work, isn't it? But the other one, if say, for example, Shall, uh, Chantel and McCaskill, they've built their careers to this undisputed fight on two-minute rounds. If they'd come to you and said, for the biggest fight of Chantel's life, we'll do 10 threes. Yeah. Would you have said, yeah, we'll do it? Or would you think... Absolutely. We asked, we asked, it, we asked the 12, we asked the 12 threes, yeah. Because it's and a big... Um, having, having built a career on 10 twos, that's a big yeah. step for the biggest fight of a life, isn't it? And, 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 and listen... We sort of we sort of half knew that we were never going to have it. But, yeah. But it's more more for the fact that I know Chantel can do it. I've seen her do it week in week out in the gym. Um, I I actually have to drop her from doing three minute rounds about round about midway through camp to make sure that her tempo doesn't drop slightly to make sure she's she's got that higher tempo for two minute rounds. She does three minute rounds in the, in the in the gym with the lads all the time and it's not not an issue. And that's what I'm saying. You know, the the best of the girls out there. I think they're doing themselves a disservice by not doing it. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure we've overrun there, but that was brilliant as always, Jamie. Thank you very much for that uh, impassioned plea, shall we call it. But final round. Um, it's about boxers. Um, can fighters become bigger than the sport? And what I'm referring to is someone like Tyson Fury. The fact to fight, his fight with Derek Chisora, his third fight, has done 50,000 tickets, it's claimed. I just find yeah. it staggering when you think they fought twice before and I was at both fights and he's barely won a round, Derek. No, in, in then fight, maybe a couple in the first fight at Wembley, which McHennessy promoted when Dell, to, well, we'll say got into the ring in terrible shape that night. Um, but he hardly won a round there. Um, do, do, you know, are we becoming more and more what the, what the MMA was, or it still is to a certain extent, an internet sport for most of it, and these three or four fighters in the country who are becoming bigger than boxing? Do you think that's a fair comment, Jamie, that some fighters are bigger than the sport, like Fury, I think, I think when he does this sort of business? Some, yeah, sometimes the name carries more weight than the actual fight. I agree with that. Um, I, I'm very sceptical when people come out and say, They've sold fifty thousand tickets yeah. within within the first few hours because, and, and I'm not saying there's not fifty thousand tickets gone out. I'm not saying that. Um, and Tyson Fury, without a doubt, is one of the one of the biggest draws. We've seen that with, with his fight um, against Dylan White. You know, because it, you don't sell that many tickets without being a huge draw. He's such a big character. Um, but we, you have ticketing agencies who will take a massive bulk of tickets. Um, you know for profit and then they'll resell them so so I've no doubt 50,000 tickets have gone out and I've no doubt there'll be 50,000 plus there on the night but but it's it's very much of a, a what do you call it it's like virtue signal you know he's putting a, putting throwing words out there just to, to get a reaction whereas you know I don't think it needs that Tyson Fury sells himself massively I'll tell you what though I'm surprised 50,000 people want to go and stand outside in December. Jesus I Christ. I was going to say, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a test, isn't it? You know, if touts have had 50,000 tickets and it's sleeting and snowing in December, we're all going to get stunned. So I'll tell you, and that ground, trust me, I was there the other week watching Fulham play. That ground, that stadium, is one pain in the arse to get to. Yeah. It's right? half yeah. an hour walk from a tube station. And Seven Sisters Road in the middle of December, half hour walk at midnight, isn't going to be very nice for those fans. But, it, you know, that's why I think, you know, there's people in this sport, AJ, Fury, they almost become bigger than what the sport is in this country. 
Yeah, yeah. People don't yeah. For the event, don't be in the exterior. This is it. It's almost That's like, you know, it's literally an event rather than a fight. That's what I yeah. believe it is. And do you know what? I said this the other day. I don't begrudge um, Del Boy this fight no. at all. He's been such a great servant to the sport, such a character. And even though I would have rather have seen, you know, an AJ Fiori fight, for instance, um, I don't begrudge him. And, and, you know, if this is... Uh, Tyson Fury's way of saying to him, there you go, son, go off into the sunset with a few quid in the bank, then I don't think it's that at all. It reminds me of something of this, you know, the way these people follow these fighters, AJ and um, if you remember years ago when Chris Eubank used to fight in Manchester and Barry Hearn once said to me once, and, you know, you know look, Barry's is fantastic, um, you know, and it always stuck me, he always says, a lot of these cities like Manchester, and he, he meant it with the greatest respect, Manchester's a big village, when Eubank comes to town, if one person buys, everybody wants to buy. And it's almost like yeah. this. This is what you, what you were saying about the, uh, what the event it is. Yeah. Exactly. I just want a night out. That's all they want is a night out in Manchester. <laughs> well, so we, we're nearly out of time now. Um, we've got a minute left to recall. Jamie, any final thoughts with you? No, I enjoyed that, boys. It was, um, it, it was nice, but let's push on this message for women three-minute boxing. I think we, we're doing them a disservice. And I think it's the right thing to do. And you're right, it needs to be done in stages and edge it up from twos to threes. But the the the, the top-level women, the elite level, they should be doing three-minute rounds. Brilliant, Jamie. John, we'll give you the final word this week. John, no, I agree. I agree everything. It flew by that. Good topics there. And Jamie was dynamite on it. So, yeah, it was good, that. But next time we'll get you on in two or three months. I've got to get Travis with you. And maybe extend it let, to an hour or let, something. Let's do it as a duet next time, mate. You'll have to do five minute rounds, though, because I'll rip into fucking shreds. <laughs> I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do it for our Christmas one. The week before yeah, Christmas, we'll yeah, pack yeah, up yeah. the we'll, two, three We'll weeks. do like a Christmas special. We'll not do rounds. We'll just have a fucking proper good chat and we'll rip fuck out of each other. That's yeah. what we'll do. We're going to do that for Christmas. So I'll give, you, I'll, get, I'll give you the date in a couple of weeks, Jamie, and we'll do that. Sound. No worries, boys. Thanks for coming on, fellas. And thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. Bye-bye for this one. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.